When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Kicking Cover Podcast. Uh, today we have Matt Bartley, um, longtime Xenia high school assistant uh, with over 29 years of uh, coaching experience at Xenia, Miami Trace, and a few other schools. Coach, how you doing? Good, Coach. How are you? I'm doing good. I mean, too, too bad we didn't record all the, the pre-banter. I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the best part of it. Sitting yeah. here watching another high school team play. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, congratulations to Van Wert. I mean, good for hey, them. Good for those kids, you know. They were road warriors. They they played all their uh, all their playoff games were on the roads. I thought somewhere like 1,200-plus miles of travel for yeah. the playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, me and we talked beforehand, like, Van Wert's in the middle of nowhere. Like, right. there is nothing there. Like, you, you zoom in on the town on Google Maps, there's nothing you're closer to Indiana than you probably are any other major Ohio city, which would probably be Lima. Yeah. Yeah. Lima is probably the, and I'd argue Lima is not really a city. It's just a very large town. And <laughs> I mean, your, your nearest town in Ohio's probably, I mean, city in Ohio's probably what Toledo. Yeah. Toledo. One of the big five probably. Yeah. So, all right. Well, today we're going to talk field goal PAT because coach Bartley is in charge of the field goal PAT team at Xenia High School. Um, he also has 29 years of experience, so he knows a lot more than I do. Um, so, a, a, as we were saying before we came on, his first year coaching, I was one. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you young guys kill me. <laughs> um, so, let, let's, let's, I mean, field goals, I mean, formation-wise, for most people, is fairly simplistic and, you guys do just a regular field goal PAT. If you did something a little funky, this would be a little bit different starting conversation. Um, but how do you, how do you initially teach your field goal PAT? Let's start there. Like, is it in the classroom? Is it on the field? How was that initial process look like? Um, well, what I like to do is I like to uh, the opera. I call it the operation um, of the snap, hold, and kick. It, it's the most important, and um, we practice it more the operations practice more than the whole team is um, try to steal time and we'll go out pre-practice and get some done. Um, and then we'll maybe if we have a problem or something's going on, um, we'll do a little post-practice, but now with as much, you know, you can steal some time early in the season. If you know some guys like our, our uh, snapper graduated this year, so we're going to have to find a guy that we can trust so we're gonna have to do some like preseason stuff because you know you're not you're allowed to coach seven guys. That's only three. So if you can find you know just the snapper and the holder is all you really need. So we that's when we kind of steal it to on the field. Um, so that's that's where we try to get most of it done. Okay. Um, do you do you show them like any film of like prior years, 
uh, especially like the lo the actual line blocking of it, um, or do you kind of just, I mean, because most of them are probably people who've been in your program two, three, four years at the high school level, or do you just kind of roll with what you had previously and add from there? Um, if we are, you know, I didn't, we didn't get a chance to do them, but we have some uh, pretty nice, you know, add-ons, you know, what you call it, the lonesome polecat, which, you know, Tiger Ellison, when he was back in Middletown, came up with it. Um, we have a lonesome polecat set or, and, you know, we got something off of that and those two kind of marry together. Um, and then, you know, we've got a couple of formation fakes. So if we're, you know, if we're going to install that, um, we'll, show, we'll show them some film. Um, this year it was nice because um, one of the fakes we had ready to go was one that, um, they we had used previously last year. So it, it wasn't too hard for the guys who were really involved in it. Um, so it, a lot of it depends also on your personnel. Like um, when, when we talk about personnel here in a minute, if you have the right personnel, it, it allows your fakes to be a little bit more damaging and people have to prepare, especially when you put them on film early in the season. Um, so it just really kind of depends on what's going on. Now, if we have an opponent that's been blocking PATs, if it's a consistent thing for them, you know, I'll show them a clip. I'll send them clips on huddle. Um, and we're like, hey, we're going to have to do this this week. But, you know, other times, you know, if you're playing somebody and they block a PAT, well, did they block it because they rushed, you know, the superintendent's grandson who's on PAT so he gets a letter? <laughs> Right. Yeah. So you, you always look for those guys like, wait a minute, how, how did they block that? Well, you know, that looks like the superintendent's grandson out there that they're trying to the coach is trying to get him a letter and keep his job. So. Oh, yeah. No, I understand that. Like and usually if, if that gets blocked, it's either somebody messed up their assignment or just a snap. The whole kick ratio is just too slow. Like, you know, right. what I do like that's if if you have a quick enough snap hold kick ratio, it doesn't matter. Like unless they charge through the A gap, you're fine. So, um, let, yeah, let's go into personnel real quick. What do you guys kind of look for personnel-wise, snapper, holder, kicker? I mean, kicker is kind of the obvious one, but line, wings? Well, I'll start with the snapper because, you know, in all honesty, I could probably do one of these just on long snapping. Um, when I was at Wright State, um, I had to take a kinesiology class, and one of the things we had to do was a sports movement, and so I did long snapping. So, I, I had to make a video. We had to, you know, all these angles and stuff. And it's, I really, you know, I was already coaching long snappers, so I felt it was pretty easy. So, um, you know, snapping for me, I mean, you got to find somebody that's coachable because, you know, even though people say, Ed, you're just throwing a, a pass between your legs, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. You know, you got to have where your hand's at, especially your guide hand. And when our guys, when I start coaching them, um, here and they're like, man, why do you care about where my offhand is? And why is my, why does my middle finger have to be here? Because it does. Mm -hmm. And you know, you got to have enough pressure. So, um, this, they, the snappers are going to be really, really coachable. And I get on them about their, their stance because some of these guys come out and, you know, and look, if it works for the NFL or whoever, you know, you were talking about a jet, a gap jump throughs. Um, I do not like guys with super wide stances, even though they say it's easier and you have less um, high snaps with that. Um, I don't like the A-gap the 
jump through because that's what's going to happen with that wide split because your guards can't get down. Um, so I want their stance to just be outside their armpits. Um, and I always tell them, the ball's going to follow your butt. If that snaps high, I know exactly why it's high. You straighten your leg, your butt went up in the air, and that's where the ball went. And then they got to aim right at the uh, holder. Now, I have argued with head coaches about this before. I'm like, if I've, if we've got a really good one, I want him to put the ball right over the tee. I tell the holder, put your hand right above the tee. He's going to hit your hand and catch it. But if you don't trust your snapper, you got to have him snap it right at the holder's chest because he's got to have a backstop because that ball can go a little bit of everywhere. And then, you know, tell the snapper, the last thing you got to worry about is blocking because it's, it should happen so quick. I think, I think it's like 1.4 or under is what you want your high school PAT kick to be for it to not be, be able to be blocked. Yeah, 1.4 1. to 1.5 high school. College is usually 1.35 is usually anything under that's the magical number. And then NFL shoots for 1.25 snap kick hold. Right. Which is a freakish number. Right, because those guys, you know, that's all they do all day. You know, they go over there to that other field over there. That's all they're, you know, that's why they do all those tricks with the balls. Like they're bouncing the ball, you know, they're dribbling a ball, like whatever. Um, But no, that's, so snapping's pretty important to me. Um, And then, you know, you go to the the holder. The holder for us has got to, you know, he's got to be a kind of a headsy kid because he needs to make sure he knows all the fakes. He knows, he's got to know where the ball goes. Um, he's got to be somebody that gets called from the sideline. Now, the other argument is, do you use your regular quarterback? We have. Everyone's like, well, what if he gets his hand kicked? He could break his hand. You know, I don't know. Like, I've in 29 years of, of coaching PAT, I've never seen a quarterback get a broken hand from a kicker. And I've coached, and I've coached some straight toe kickers. And, I mean, that's where you're most likely to get it done. But, you know, they just got to make sure, like, Make sure we got 11 out there because there are times kids forget, like, oh, wait, we just scored a touchdown? Oh, I'm on PAT. Let me run run out there late. Um, and then they got to, you know, the other thing that's really hard for them to do is getting used to having what knees down. This year we had a right-footed kicker and a left-footed kicker, and when we had to switch, our holders would struggle in practice because they'd have to go from having, you know, I always tell them put the knee down, that the kicker is kicking with and use your other leg as another backstop. So if we got a right footed kicker, you're going to have your right knee down and your left leg is going to act as another backstop. So, you know, and then I was going to get the ball on the tee, the way the quarterback want, or the way the, the kicker wants it. And don't look up because if you look up the kicker, the holders naturally tend to move the ball with their head. When their head moves around, I tell them, just leave your head down. The crowd's going to tell you whether or not the kick's good. And let the kicker kick the ball out of your hand. So those kids got to do it. And then, you know, with the fakes that we run, um, we got to have somebody that can usually throw the ball or is headsy enough to be able to be athletic enough to, you know, run an, run an option play. Um, so that's that. The kicker, obviously the kickers, the you know, you just got to have somebody that can uh, get the ball between the two uprights, you know, other than that. And sometimes, believe it or not, that's really hard for some of those guys to do because they get to be a little in their heads. Um, we have used soccer players over the years. Um, matter of fact, we've had two girls soccer players here, three. We've had three girls soccer players here at Xenia. Two, only two of them are in my time um, that did it. Uh, the one girl 
uh, who did it the longest for us. She did it all four years. She was a four-year letter winner. She lettered uh, eight, eight times, four for soccer, four for football. Um, the only PATs she ever missed were ones that were blocked because of um, whether it was a timing issue or we had somebody give up an inside gap. So that's the, the operations part of it. Now, the other, the, the other guys, you know, the guards and tackles, we want to be, you know, bigger guys. We may pull a, an offensive lineman out. Um, we had a smallish guard this year that we uh, pulled off of the, um, off the field for PATs just because we were a little worried about him. If, and how, how he could fit in. Um, but what we do is we take our biggest guys and we make them our guards. And as long as they're tough guys, like, you know, if you got a big guy that's not really, really tough, we, uh, we may not play him at guard, but we're going to try to take our biggest, toughest linemen and play them at guards. Because if you know, most people are going to try to block the, block the punt, they're going to come through there. Um, tackle is going to pretty much follow the same thing. And, uh, the, they will also do, uh, you know, similar jobs. And I can talk about how we kind of teach it because, you know, we've messed around with the footwork and I think we've got it now where we want it. Um, our tight ends, we like to be bigger linebacker types, um, but they need to be able to catch the ball because of our fakes and because of fire. Um, you know, everybody running people, some people call it fire, and you know, when the ball gets loose for some reason. Um, and then our wings, we're looking for our taller lengthier guys we haven't got long guys to be our wings because what it does is it it stretches the distance from the edge to the um kicker and for us it's been our outside linebackers um because they're athletic they're tough um and you know they're not afraid to step in there and they're pretty you know our outside linebackers lately have been really really athletic and uh we we can do a couple fakes with them that help us out I, know, I, I agree 100%. That's kind of the direction I've started moving with our, our wings as well, is just find long, lengthy kids. Like, I mean, our, our right wing this year was a soft, uh, just a long six-foot-four sophomore backup lineman. That, I think he played, he played some, like, the last two weeks of the year, but he played all, he was all year my right wing. Six-foot-four, lengthy, plays basketball. I'm like, yeah, guess what? Reach. Step down, arm out, go. Right. So, and just make them run around you. Make yeah. them run around you. That's all you got to do. Don't, don't let somebody bull rush you through in, to your inside and just get your, get your arm and leg out so it's run around you. It's not rocket science. Right. Half the time, no one will touch you. You'll be fine. Right. Because, you know, what happens a lot of times is teams are so worried, especially with us. Once we show a couple fakes, uh, especially if we will show a fake from um, regular formation, teams back off almost immediately because they're like, uh, yeah, that dude's like six, five. Our corner is uh five, eight. If they throw a jump ball, we could be in trouble. Yeah. Now, how, how, out of curiosity, how much, how much time do you put into the fire call and your fakes? Okay. So I get about five minutes a day. Okay. Um, and what we do is it's rapid fire. And depending on what's going on that week, you know, like Monday, I'll get a lot more reps because we're not going to put a rush in on them yet. And then, you know, we'll do a rush Tuesday and Thursday. But I actually got the idea of how to work on fire a little bit better. You know, prior to um, a guy named Nick Jones, who's with us now as our offensive line coach, um, prior to working with him, you know, we, hey, like we'd just tell the holder, hey, fire this. And he'd just take the ball and, you know, we'd run our, our, our fire drill. 
And he says, hey, don't do that because it he gets him in a bad habit. And he goes, just stand in front and sit right in front of him. And as the ball comes, swat it down. And it's a little bit more realistic. And, you know, for us, the two wings always know where to go. And the two tight ends are the ones that have got to figure out, okay, where's the quarterback going? Because they got to get into his field of vision. Um, so it's, it's one of the ones that I, and I kind of like doing it that way now because it's, you know, and he'll, uh, Coach Jones will just stand there and he'll, he, sometimes he'll hit it and sometimes he won't. So the kicker, you know, and the kicker and the holder never really know. Now he does have to duck every once in a while with some of our kickers because, oh man, that ball comes out and, you know, I'm like, you're going to take one off the face and we're going to have, uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to have issues because you're going to be bleeding everywhere on the turf. So, but, you know, we get about five minutes a day. Um, and it's really quick. Like, you know, we'll have like five or six balls and they just know, get up, get set, and we're going to kick it. And, you know, and we're, you know, we'll move back. And it's amazing how many kicks your kicker can get in if you're not chasing, you know, worried about chasing down balls and, you know, you're not worried about resetting rushes and things like that. Um, how much do you move the ball when you're practicing field goal PAT and um, or from hashes to middle of the field? Yeah. Like, yeah. well, depending on how many kickers were practicing. So this year we were really practicing two. Yeah. Um, they would each get two from the PAT line and then we'd move it back five to seven yards, one hash, five to seven hard yards, the next hash, and probably put it, depending on if they had made it on both of those, we'd put it right in the middle and see who could kick, you know, and try to end on a mess. Um, but, you know, my one, the one kicker who was more of a, and he came, he was playing for us, but he'd played soccer in the past. He hated if he didn't finish on a miss because like, like, Hey, my time's up. Clock's, the horn sounded, we're moving on. And you know, you didn't finish on a make that's on you. You better figure out some, somewhere else. And uh, they all, it also has, when you have multiple kickers, it, you can put a competition in there and like, Hey, whoever uh, doesn't miss or whoever misses the least, this week, uh, you don't. You get to. Uh, you get to start. So, <laughs> no, I mean that's hey to the point. You want to create an actual battle there, right? Don't miss. That's a. It's quite simple. Um, what's your footwork for your line look like? Everybody's a tad bit different on what they teach. And I know co- like colleges are extremely different than high school teams. So like, what, what do you? What do you? How do you teach that? Um, what we do is our inside foot is back. And with it being back, it helps. So what the, the center kind of sets the team, right? And w- with him being just outside his shoulders, not real wide, the guards, you know, then have to take a decent stance and they end up being, um, they end up being somewhere next to, you know, a three foot split, you know, they, they get in there and they have that three foot split, um, they're, they're in a three-point stance, inside foot back. Um, and what they do is their inside foot is just just outside of the next person's inside foot. So this is true for the, the guard, the tackle, and the tight end. And they're behind it. And so when they're stepping there, so their outside foot is planted. Like I tell them, screw your foot in the ground because that is going to be your post. And then as you as the ball snap and you step forward, you're stepping in behind the leg behind you, and you're going to kind of brace his leg, his outside leg with your inside leg. And it closes the gap down and doesn't allow um, the jump throughs. Now, we had somebody a couple years ago that tried to jump through, 
and this is why I like the bigger tough guys inside. Um, they tried to jump through on the first touchdown and um, the kid kind of fell over in towards the kicker and w- without coaching him, my center and guard, the next time they said, Hey, next time he does that, we'll catch him. And <laughs> as they punched through, they, the center went through his inside leg, the guard went through his outside leg and they just snapped him down and the kid landed on his back. He didn't jump through no more. He's like, I'm good. And then I asked him, I said, what was that about? And they're like, Hey, he went jumping through on us. So that's why I like those tough guys in there. Cause they'll come up with some of that stuff on their own, but it's really about having their, their, a good base. You know, I've, I've tried, we tried the college thing. I just didn't understand the, like the stance and the footwork and, you know, how, you know, I just, I, I didn't understand it. I mean, it's, I don't know everything, trust me, but it's just like, you know, getting them to understand that footwork and how it protects your inside gap first. Like, you know, Springfield should have been playing for a state title. I think they had a somebody block out on a field, a late field goal and kid got through and uh, blocked it and they lost 12 to 10. And it's, you know, tell them, I was like, Hey, if you do this with your inside foot, they can't come through your inside gap. So protect that inside gap first. Don't go out. Yeah. No, no, I agree hundred percent. Like I tried, we actually, I, I I researched the college like blocking for it like the year before. Didn't install right. it, but I just researched it. This year I talked with people vastly smarter than me. Like people that are getting paid six figures to coach college special teams. And I thought I understood it. We tried it for about a week and a half. Like, nope, we're going back to what we were doing. Cause right. it, I mean, part of the, the other thing is I don't have seven, six foot five offensive <laughs> linemen who's that all weigh three fifty. That all weigh three fifty that encompass the length you need like right i mean that's the thing like i don't have that length like that, that girth that you need and my 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 long snapper is also not six foot two 225 pounds right like that's the other thing my, my long snapper is a sophomore who's 5 10 165 175 pounds he's not bad for a sophomore he's been a two-year short snapper for us like he's right. done a solid job for us he's our long snapper this year as well I mean, I, I might have to figure out something if he wants our quarterback job next year. But, uh. well, you know, hey, we people. I've used a starting wide receiver, um, and he was a lefty. You want to talk about something that'll mess mess everybody up? Is a <laughs> left-handed snapper. They think left-handed quarterbacks are bad. The left-handed snapper that ball spins backwards really short, and he was really good at it. He was really fast. We had to change how we did our fakes because, you know. If we're going to try to get him to snap the ball, we have to have it where his left hand is going to be the more dominant hand. Huh. So we've had good. We you know we've had him. We've had a starting offensive lineman do it, and this year was our starting DB. You know he would. You talk about your guy being 5'10", 160. I think our DB was like five nine. You know one forty five, and you know so we really had to protect him because if somebody now that's the only good thing in high school is they can't rush the center. Yeah. So you know he's going to get protected. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is a safe part. That's something I had to tell him as a freshman. They can't touch you if you don't bring your head up. Right. Okay? They won't touch you. You'll be fine. You have two two big biggies next to you. I think you'll be okay. Right. Like, just just relax. Um, how many – what is your process of, in, of installing your fakes in terms of do – you, do you start with, like, one – Start the year, then add each week if you don't use it, or even if you use it, do you just put a bunch in? Um, okay. What What does that process look like? So for us, um, we really have two installs for fakes, 
Now, the one where we have the Lonesome Polecat and the bunch, the fakes, we put them all, we, I'll put in like two or three a day because it doesn't, you know, early in the season, you got all this extra time, you know, it's a lot easier to install the stuff then. Um, but our, our Lonesome Polecat and our, um, our bunch fakes, are, if, if we say, you know, hey, we're running diamond, 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 whether we're in the polecat formation or the bunch formation, diamond looks the same and the kids do the same. Okay. Now the offensive linemen like the bunch a little bit better because they actually think that they're going to be part of something like, <laughs> Oh, we get to be part of a fake. We're just not standing around. Um, so there's that. And then if we're going to do a fake from regular formation, those are very specific to just that. And you can really only do them from that. But the one thing we do that helps save us time is when we're doing the fakes, whether it's from Polecat or Bunch, is is if we call Diamond, Diamond is Diamond, no matter what what we're in. Now, do you guys inst- start installing this stuff in like July during camp days, or do you wait till two days? If I can steal the time into in uh, camp days, I will. Um, this year we didn't get a chance to because we're too you know everybody's behind with COVID, but um, you know. We'll try to do a little bit in um, because one, you got to find some guys. Some of our fakes, you know, it takes a little bit, you know, takes a little bit of talent. You know, if you can find, you know, it's uh, some of it's like you get the all 11 offense out there. If you can get the right numbered guys in, in the right spots and you can move guys off the line, um, you can do some things, but you got to find who those guys are. Like I had a linebacker that I, I, I love him to death. He was a hard nosed kid, um, great linebacker, but, I wasn't sure he could catch a cold some days. So do I really want him to catch a ball? Like, or can I use him more as a blocking part of it? So, you know, you got to find those guys. And, you know, I, th- I think, you know, in two days, it's kind of a nice little breakup to give yourself a chance. And then, you know, there, there are years that like, hey, we just don't have the personnel. And that's what happened to us this year towards the end. We kind of limited. We were down to two fakes because of some injuries that happened. And, you know, I lost, I didn't have an eligible kid at our right tack, right tight end or our right wing. Both were ineligible numbered kids because um, they just, we had some injuries or kids just couldn't get the job done. And I was, I'm like, well, Hey, we gotta, we gotta kick the PAT first. I mean, that's the most important thing. Fakes are fun, um, but you gotta get the right things done with them. Oh no, I, I agree hundred percent. And I don't know if anybody figured it out this year, but we weren't faking crap on field goal PAT. Both of my tight ends were ineligible, and my right wing was ineligible most of the season. So, hey, I even told our holders, like, if for some reason a fire happens, you do not roll out right. There <laughs> there's nobody there. There's no, you have a wing dragging from the backside. That's it. So, it ain't happening, son. If you roll out right, you better just run to the corner because that's the only thing that's going to happen there. Like, you know, a foot race could happen, you know. No, he, he Sometimes hasn't you get those one. guys – He's the Sometimes. only kid I've ever seen convert a fire call, and it was not throwing. He ran the edge. I think it was. It, it might have been my first year here. Ran the edge, pylon there. That's the only time in ten years of coaching I've seen in person somebody convert a fire call. Right. Well, you know, if you sometimes you get those teams that like to rush hard off the edge. Um, Fairborn a long time ago had a kid that was great off the edge. Probably um, Easterling. Gosh, I wish I could remember what that kid's name was. But he would he was coming off the edge hard. And you know, that when you get that kind of block, you, you gotta tell the kid, hey, 
know that that kid's coming and he's going to dive. So he's out. So if he, if you fire, run right where he just came from, because they're going to be a person short over there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how, how much, how much time do you spend scouting the field goal PAT block of your opponent? Um, I, it'll be the last check I do. It'll be probably, you know, about five to 10 minutes. Cause now with huddle, it's a lot easier with huddle. Cause now all they do is go pull up all their, you know, extra point blocks and you just get rid of it and knock it out real quick. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in practice, do you, how much do you spend time just getting rushes to certain areas or get their specific rush? Because well, you know, if, some of the teams we see give like eight different looks at rushing, and it's kind of like, well, well, you know, that, and that's where I, I said you got to go back to um, if you are, you got to find out are they rushing somebody on purpose? Is there somebody they're particularly running at? If they are then you may not worry about that one so much. And, you know, look at what they've done to you previously. Because, you know, most of us don't change that much, you know. And if you find something that works, you know, you do that. Now, because that's, you know, the other thing I do is I also scout everybody's PAT field goal because I'm like, hey, who should we take a run at this week? <laughs> you know, like, like who, who are we going to try to go after? You know, for us, who's their superintendent's grandson? Because we want to attack that kid. Yeah, I mean, is what it is. Now, and last thing on that is speaking of Super Saint Grandson, how many I do you try to get as many offenses, all oh, offenses or defensive stars off there as possible, or is it just the best eleven that fit that? No, we're going with the best eleven now. And, you know, obviously, our I think this year we pulled off one offensive lineman. I said because he was a shorter guy. Yeah, and that was the only reason he came up. But he was one of our backups. You know, I, we're, I just try to find as big a guy as we had. Like, but last year, um, we had that offensive line. The five Ooh. offensive linemen were our, they, they were those guys in there because we just, you know, we flipped this guy around, flipped that guy around. And, you know, I think, I think our one guard came out for the center. So the guard came out so we could bring the long snapper in, but that was really about it. Okay. And then, um, Going back to your holder real quick, this is the last thing I kind of got for you. Um, when you're looking, how, how much, say you have two fairly even holders, does, is that when the fakes come into play? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's kids that like, hey, he's our best holder, and like, hey, if he, if he can, if he's never missed a snap, you know, he's always got the ball, you know, he'll take a high one and put it on the tee, fine. You know, we'll probably do that more than we We'll, we'll let him like, Hey, we'll sacrifice the fakes or, you know, we'll limit which ones he can, we will do with him. Cause maybe, you know, he doesn't throw the ball so well, or he just, you know, he doesn't, you know, he, he just doesn't have, he's not headsy enough to do it. Um, but they, uh, it, it's helpful if that kid's a little bit more talented, you know, we started the year with a kid who was that he was athletic, great hands. Um, he got injured late in the year. And we had to put in a kid and it limited the number of fakes we had. Like, well, he can't do this one. So that means he can't do this and this and this. So let's just stick to this and this one. And, you know, the fakes for us, we don't fake it. Uh, we're never going to fake the field goal. If we're going to fake a field goal, we're like, leave the offense out there. If you're going to run a fake field goal, run the offense play. But if it's PAT and you got something on them, 
because somebody comes screaming off an edge and like, hey, we're going to run this against them this week. Um, then you can do it. But, you know, try to have a, the holders got to be a, a hedge. They can't the catch and putting the ball down. Um, we had one, the last game of the year, we had one missed PAT and it's cause the kid didn't trust the kicker wasn't going to hit his hand and he, and he let go. Like you literally watch the end zone film, the ball's on the tee. He lifts his hand off the tee, off the ball and the ball starts to fall. And that's why, that's why we have a missed PAT. Oh, I get it. I, now, uh, last question I have for you in this podcast, because I'm always curious about how every school does this differently. How do you find kickers? Um, a lot of times you say, Hey, who knows how to kick? And then, you know, Come there's been years, like I said, there's been years we haven't had it and like, we'll let them try, but you know, and every, every offensive it's lineman like, raises their hand when you say who here knows how to kick, you know, that as right. well as I do. I don't, every right. year I ask that question, every single lineman hand in the air, like, and, and if they can do it, Hey, like our care, our, our, our kicker who really probably, you know, maybe should have kicked more this year was our starting right guard. Uh, he was below average. <laughs> he'll, he'll argue with that one. I so he, he uh, you know, he probably should have kicked more, but it got to a point where he was just so tired. He's like, I can't get a good swing on the ball after driving the ball. You know, we didn't score a lot of, you know, 70 yard quick scores. You know, we're a lot of 70 yards, you know, 10 plays for 70 yards and, you know, I, so you're a little tired. And, you know, I, I just, bet his dad did not like that excuse. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I, you know, his dad may have told him to suck it up once or yeah. twice. For background for people listening, um, his son was the kicker this year. Just just FYI. Well, he was the starting right guard. He should have been our kicker, but he didn't. Yeah. The other kid was fine, but he was just, you know, he was a kicker more. Like every once in a while, he would just, you know, something would – come off his foot funny and it was his swing mechanics i felt like i needed to have you know like a a, a swing doctor come in and help him at times because there's you know i can do the hold i can do the snap the kicking i'm like put your foot on the ball put it through the goalpost that's all you need to do i don't care all this other steps and just just kick the ball <laughs> yeah oh no I, I agree and um so but back to that i mean besides everybody raising their hand at practice is there anything else you like recruit soccer like potentially go to soccer practice talk to kids is there anything else you handle there well yeah you know because i'll hang around because you know we practice on our game field so soccer plays after and i you know i already know there's two kids next year that if we have a problem i will go approach them early in the spring like hey uh we need a kicker have you ever thought about kicking a football and, you know, if, if you can get them over the fact of, hey, look, they can't hit you, and if they do, it's a penalty. So if you get them over that contact, um, there was one year we had three kids come out and try, and we just kept rotating them. There were three, they were three soccer players. All of them were good field goal PAT guys. Um, one of them was more of a PAT guy than he was a field guy. So you're, you, know, you look for leg strength, and that's why I said we've had two girls soccer players kick for us. Um, and – the one, both of them scored a point in games, um, so it was nice. But the new one wanted to kick off, which is the other place you like to find. Uh, uh, if you if you're gonna have to go to a soccer kicker, um, if you have to you know finding a guy because you know they're a little bit more willing to at least try to, you know, get their nose in there on a tackle. But you know, it's you just gotta you gotta look and don't be afraid to ask soccer guys. I mean, what, what's the worst thing I do is tell you no? Well, just get your two point plays ready. You know, yeah. it's not it's not that big of a deal. 
Nope, no, I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I didn't even have to go recruit our kicker this year. Our head soccer coach's son, um, our head coach, head soccer coach brought his son to our practice, called me, and was like, you still need kickers? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so it was right. nice. Like, and some of them think it's kind of cool because the best part is they have to um, – they end up trying to uh, – like, oh, hey, I'll just show up the last five minutes practice. Now, you have to adjust practice for them. Like, you know, when we've had soccer kids, um, we've had to move PAT field goal from the beginning of practice to the end of practice. And so sometimes you can steal a little bit more than five minutes. You know, you get a, you get a, you know, a little longer time. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I agree. And that, like, that's, that's the one thing. Like, I, I've done – we've had soccer kids, like, the past – at least two years I've been the special teams coordinator, and there's some stuff on and off the years before, but – that was the big thing for me is like, okay, communicate with my head coach. This is when I need field goal PAT and kickoff time because this is when we can get our kicker here. Okay. Right. And kind of go from there. Um, and I, oh, I did realize one thing I forgot. What does your week look like for special teams? Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What is that? What gets done what day? I curiosity. Um. Well, for some reason, I've gotten my time every day. And, you know, so depending on what's going on for practice, the other ones will will get done. Um, probably punt is the most done after me. But, you know, I think we only do mine every day because it's easy. We almost have everybody there all the time. And, you know, I mean, for me, when I, when I coach it, I really only need myself and one other person. Um, I've been lucky enough to have three guys willing to help me out. And one takes one side of the line, one takes the other side of the line. So all those coaches are always there. So it's a little easier for to get that done. Um, so other times we're waiting on a coach to get there because they're not in the building or, you know, they're trying to transition from one place to another. But we, we have, you know, about a 15 to 20 minute period every day devoted just for specials and, you know, punt. It's probably PAT punt kickoff and then kick return punt return yeah you know and and we'll we'll probably we probably would do pat field goal block um only on monday and thursday unless there's something we really need to work on because like i said we found a weakness or, or something yeah. we're, we need to try um and, and, and see i keep saying last question and i keep thinking of something else <laughs> um how many kicks do you like your kicker to get in pre-game that's always a question like I've always floated with that. Is there is there a line where there's too much? Is there a line where there's not enough? Is it do you just trust the kid to know? Especially my, my problem with trusting a kid, a high school kid to know, is one they're high, they're teenagers. They don't know. They're they're 15, 16, 17 years old. Two, right. especially kids who are like first year kickers who have never kicked the football consistently. They're not necessarily going to know like what's the overdone, underdone aspect. Right. Well, what we usually do is because of how our pregame is. Um, is we do, um, you know, come out, everybody, like everybody does specials and I try to get them to take about 10 kickoffs. If they're, if they're doing that, if they're doing kickoff and PAT about 10 kickoffs, maybe about five PATs because, you know, you're really just working on accuracy with that because what we do is, and why it's only five PATs is because at the end of our P at the end of our pregame, we do PAT field goals. And they kick uh, six more then. They do two from the spot, two from the left hash, two from the right hash, and then we do our punts. So, you know, I, you, I, think, the, I think you're right. The younger the kid is, the more you have to 
keep him on like a pitch count. Like, hey, because, you know, I, I've seen some young kids that all they do is like, you know, hey, I kicked 100 balls today. Well, that's great because you're not going to be able to kick anything tomorrow because your leg's going to fall off tonight when you well, go home. Well, yeah, and, and I, I know some coaches listen to this are from like some other states where like soccer is a spring sport, but like soccer is a fall sport here. Like right. my kicker might have a game the day before, so I got to be mindful of, okay, how sore is he from the prior day? Did he get the ice and stretching he needed since then? Okay. And then what's the right. warm-up level and then what's the overusage line? It's just like, that's what we got. Or, or, or even worse, like you're at practice and they got a game tonight or later. Like, you know, I'll be like, hey, don't come today because you're playing tonight, you know. Yeah. And they're like, I got to kick. No, you don't have to kick. You're going to kick about, you know. Yeah. Seven thousand times tonight, and you know. Well, that's why. That's why I told ours. I'm like, I'll, that's where our backup kicker will get reps. He'll get right. reps on Thursdays. You'll get reps earlier in the week. Like, I, I know you're going to be fine. You got the soccer game. I want you fresh for that. That's your primary sport. Yeah, because then all of a sudden, if they if they can't kick because their legs sore, you know, they get a hip they get a hip flexor problem from kicking a football, and the soccer coach now is mad at you. And you never get to use another kicker. So. <laughs> Uh, our soccer coach likes me, so I think. Right. I think well, hey, that's helpful. Yeah. You know, we got a great, we got two great, we got two great guys here at Xenia. So it's you know, um, the, you know, if we can't find a guy, there there are a couple girls. Like I keep saying, they like I don't want it. Like all you have to do is kick PATs. It's a twenty yard kick. You kick a soccer ball forty yards. This is nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's a cake. So we tried out a girl kicker this year. Well, she tried out and ended up not doing it. But I mean, she probably. Could have done field goal PATs for us all years. I mean, she had a good leg. She's our uh, starting goalie for our girls' soccer team probably for two or three years. I don't know how long she was there, but she's a pretty dang good goalie. So Why not try – see, this is the thing I can never get our kids who play goal. Come try to punt the ball. You do it every day. I, I Yeah, that's a whole other conversation that <laughs> we're not going to have at the moment. Hey. Hey, the Australians, everybody everybody getting all these Australians to come do it. Hey, I'm all, I'm all for – you know how, how our punch struggled. You've, right. You've seen our punters, and it's not their – I mean, we're limited. I mean, that's not necessarily their fault, but um, right. trust me, I, I, I am well aware of trying to recruit punters right now. So. Right. I, and, you know, it, it is the hardest – I think kicking may be one of the hardest skills to teach if you don't really know it. Yeah. Because of all the fine details and, you know, especially punt. you got to get the drop right. And, well, that's you know, a- for me, For me, I just tell them, Keep your head down, focus on the ball, and kick it. Yeah. I mean, the, the drop is the biggest thing. I mean, because I mean, half of them will, like, it'll, like, be, like, sloped wrong. They'll try to throw it out there. It's just like, oh, God. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Life is a special teams coordinator, brother. <laughs> yes, it's very much so. Um, so, um, we'll wrap it up there. Um, if any coaches want to get a hold of Coach Bartley, um, his, his information will be in the bio. Uh, Coach also has um, – Couple other videos on my channel. One on uh, coaching linebackers, and one on kind of stuff he's learned over his time as an assistant coach. Um, coach Bartley is a very well recognized for his ability to be an as, as assistant coach and his contributions not only to um, his schools that he's coached at, but as a, a regional director uh, for our coaches association and the good stuff he does for our game. Um, so that was. Um, Another episode of the Kick and Cover podcast. Uh, Thank you again, Coach Barley. Appreciate it.